Welcome to episode number 135, Helping Youth with Emotional Difficulties, Part 3. I am Damon Soka. Last week I talked about emotional issues from the perspective of our spiritual emotions. I discussed the spiritual emotions of faith, hope, and charity as the three emotional pillars of celestial life, and how these emotions interact with our mortal, natural man emotions. Today we are going to focus on the practical, the mortal side of the equation. Now, but before we get there and work through the natural man, I failed to note one item of relative importance regarding our spiritual, our spiritual emotional skill set. Through my discussions last week, I omitted or failed to emphasize that our spiritual emotional base is not entirely celestial in its nature. Our spirits have the capacity to feel and accomplish what might be termed evil. Pride, rebellion, selfishness are not new emotions brought about by mortality, although mortality tends to enhance what we already learned and developed before this life. These evil emotions, to a certain extent, were part of our premortal experience. Just how much can likely be determined by how we develop in this life and respond to the spiritual or mortal influences of this telestial earth life. This life is simply a continuation of the previous one, with the added stresses and joys of a mortal body. Mortality tends to enhance any emotional spiritual weaknesses we brought with us. The variation we see in people in mortality and their tendency to do good or evil, is really directly related to their experiences before this life. We become really who we were before this life, with the added pressures of the mortal experience. Now, this life was always intended to sift the wheat and to test those pre-mortal lessons we learned so long ago. How do we know all of this? Because Lucifer and his followers developed darkened spiritual emotions of pride, rebellion, and selfishness in the pre-mortal life, which obviously in turn caused their expulsion from heaven and with an added punishment of stopping their progression. What is important to understand is that our spiritual natures were not all entirely charitable, humble, and submissive to the word of the Lord. We carry with us to mortality emotional spiritual weaknesses that are part of who we are because of the agency we possessed. They were not given to us, they became a part of us as we grew and learned in celestial learned our celestial lessons. And yes, we can work on those emotional weaknesses in this life. We are not stuck with our emotions of premortality. Mortality appears in some senses also to help us overcome our spiritual weaknesses if we are willing to acknowledge them and then, through the atonement of the Savior, work through the change of heart or change of nature process. It is actually pretty important to understand this concept if we are to fully understand mortality and our emotional natures in this life. Now today, we need to address the practical, the mortal side of the equation. The best way that I can think to approach the mortal side of our emotions as an introduction is to really view our mortal bodies from the perspective of chemistry, like, for instance, the chemical balance found in an outdoor pool. Now, the mortal body has some very mobilizing, motivating, and directing chemistry, and that really affects everything we do and think. 
when we think of the complex chemistry in our bodies, we can think of it simplistically like a small swimming pool with all of its simple chemistry. To keep a swimming pool clean, clear, and in good condition, we have to keep the chemistry balanced, meaning the right balance of good chemicals to keep the other external and internal chemicals from harming the pool itself or the water. When it comes to mortal and spiritual emotions, the same is actually very true. The chemistry we create through internal and external influences is incredibly important to our emotional state. So we can think of the swimming pool in its beautiful, clear, clean, balanced chemistry as our brains, where the spiritual and mortal emotions come together. We need to keep the water filtered and continue to replenish the good pool chemistry, removing impurities such as the algae, the hardness, and even small pieces of nature that blow into the pool. Temperature and light will also contribute to the overall chemistry in their own ways. If we stop adding the purifying effects of chlorine or other cleansing agents, the algae is going to grow. If we stop filtering the pool, it will become murky and the hardness will leave deposits. The warmer the pool gets and the more light it receives, the more cleansing agent we will need to keep the algae at bay. What is interesting about a pool is that you have to filter and cleanse consistently. Even leaving a pool for a week can turn it green with algae and murky with debris, and it can even take a significant period of time to get it back into alignment. You can't just turn a switch and then all the algae leaves. It's going to take some time to restore that balance of chemistry and filter the particulates. Now, particulates and algae, and algae are going to be consistent issues, and one cannot just take a few days off. Well, let's say, for instance, you do take a few days off. The first couple of days, depending on the sun and the light, you really might not see any difference in your pool. You might begin to even wonder why you spend so much time keeping the daily balance right. The pool filter also seems to take up a reasonable amount of energy, and you might not see any real difference if you turned it off for a few days. And it's also a pain to change the filter, and it's time to change the filter. And you ask yourself, why am I doing all of this? And so, instead, you just turn off the pool filter because it needs changing and avoid keeping up with the chemistry for a few days. You just need a few days without concerning yourself about maintaining the pool. Now, at first, you check the pool just to make sure, but nothing has really changed in the first couple of days. And then all of a sudden, work or school calls, church assignments become pressing, friends need attention, and family has a few pressing concerns, and it's been a week or two. Finally, the pressures subside mildly, and you go to check on the pool, and it's a mess. Green as a mown field and full of particulates. So now you have to change the filter and pour in additional chemicals, but you're just plain tired now, and the pool really can't get much worse, can it? The next day, you just don't feel well. You're sick for a few days. Finally, you feel a little better and go to check your pool. You were very wrong. It got way worse. Now I'm going to have to use more manual methods to get out the larger problems. And so you grab the net and get much of the floating masses out, but you're still just too tired to do the rest. A few more days pass and finally you feel good enough to swim, but that really isn't going to happen. The pool's a mess, and from what you can tell, it's going to be at least an all-day effort just to get to the pool, the pool to the point you could even get the filter and the chemistry working again, and several weeks more before it's clear enough to use. Now, I'm going to stop this pool analogy at this point, as I think you're getting the message. 
Emotional management for almost all youth is going to be a daily exercise in chemistry management. Just like the pool, the right chemistry needs to go into the body daily. This means the food, drink, and substances that go into a body are very important for emotional management. In fact, they are really critical to the management of our emotions. If a youth drinks energy drinks daily or just eats sugary foods or avoids the right balances of nutrition, over a period of days and weeks, maintaining emotional composure actually can become more difficult. You need a good balanced diet that avoids the many substances that excite and over-energize the nervous system. Now that might seem obvious, but sometimes an adjustment in diet can make some reasonable improvements, especially if a youth has become addicted to stimulating substances. At times, we actually ignore this ingredient in emotional stability because it really varies per person, and often there are other complicating factors. But you might be surprised just how much improvement you would see in youth when they actually eat and sleep properly. The next item of importance is the filter system, which we can call sleep. Youth need a good balance of consistent sleep and exercise to filter and clean the body. The body needs to replenish and to filter out and sort out the day's experiences in the mind. And it needs time to accomplish this. The brain's filter only works at certain speeds and it only works during deeper cycles of sleep. Sleep can be a major contrib contributing factor to emotional difficulties. And like a filter for a pool, it doesn't take very long for the algae and debris or emotional difficulties to quickly populate and overwhelm the pool if the filter isn't on. Youth need consistent and timely sleep. It matters very much to the body when that sleep occurs and how much the mind and body is getting. Inconsistent or lacking sleep will quickly escalate problematic emotional responses. Now, while the amount of time might vary, youth really do need from 7 to 10 hours of sleep regularly. Now, some can function with a little less, but for the most part, they will not be able to function without it. Now, as a note about youth who struggle with borderline mental illness, the lack of sleep may magnify their illness difficulties significantly. Having a borderline mental illness or having a mental illness is equivalent to having a pool filter and chemicals that work at significantly less than 100%. And so, lack of quality sleep will cause the emotional pool to fill much more quickly with algae and debris, and it will also take far more time to remove it once those particulates have taken hold. Youth who struggle with serious emotional concerns should be very concerned and diligent about their sleep. Now, in addition to sleep, the chemistry of the pool need to, needs to continuously mix through the pool. And this is really equivalent to exercise. A pool might be able to be maintained without good circulation, but in the end, the lack of circulation will eventually catch up with the water quality. Youth need to exercise regularly. Now, I'm not talking about a gym class or even attending a gym. They need to elevate their heart rate, keep a healthy diet, and stretch their muscles. While exercise is not quite as critical as sleep, it can become a serious issue when the lack of exercise starts to create problematic chemistry in our bodies. Exercise provides for the cleansing of toxins and adds important what we call feel-good chemicals to the body. These feel-good chemicals are critical to our emotional health. Now, I'm not saying that the youth need a certain type of body, 
just that the body needs to be healthy. Carrying significant amounts of extra weight above what one's body needs can cause a host of emotional problems from the brain chemistry to body chemistry. It is important to help you understand the effects of toxins upon the pool or what might be viewed as external peer pressures and stress. For instance, let's say that I add a drop of food coloring to a small pool. Probably not going to notice it in the expanse of the pool. The color will change ever so slightly, but likely not enough for us to notice. Now, let's say I added a drop of food coloring every hour. Now, over time, the pool would change to a distinct color, but if we're in the pool playing and enjoying our time, we might not even notice the color change. Food coloring is going to be somewhat harmless as a toxin when we talk about it, although you might end up a new color, but let's change that drop an hour to something as simple as adding extra algae or maybe something a little more problematic as a heavy metal such as mercury. The algae already coming into the pool through the outside air now has a powerful addition. And even though the algae is invisible to the eye, when they cluster and grow, it becomes a green slimy mess. But that isn't going to happen for several days and maybe a couple of weeks, depending on how good my cleansing chemistry is. But eventually, if I add that algae, it will overwhelm the system and we will have to add some additional chemicals and filtering to get that pool back into a balanced state. Sometimes the youth add things into their lives that are even toxic to pool chemistry, like the drop of mercury. In very small amounts, mercury isn't very problematic. It exists naturally, and we always have minute amounts in our bodies. But adding that to the pool would expose us regularly to the poison, and continually adding it to the pool, even in small amounts, would be very troubling because the other chemistry in the pool and the filter do not work on the mercury. Eventually, it will make us very sick, but before then, we will likely encounter the effects of the exposure. The mercury is very problematic because it works slowly and methodically to destroy the mind and body, and getting it out of the pool is going to be very difficult. If you consider the in this analogy the algae akin to things like caffeine, milder drugs, and maybe popular music, and the mercury something akin to heavier drugs, pornography, or toxic social media or music, the emotional effects upon the body can end up doing far more than incidental damage and may even be a lifelong mental illness. Using drugs in any real form will cause emotional difficulties for the youth, and this includes those powerful internal drugs. One of the important things we can teach, can do to teach youth, not just is not just the immortal effects of drug use, but the powerful emotional effects and damage that will come when we use the drugs. And when I'm talking about drugs, I'm talking about anything ingested internally into the body or anything viewed or heard in a media sense. Everything we take into our minds and bodies will affect our emotional responses. Certainly one drop of mercury or algae is not going to produce a significant, fence, a significant effect in the sense of the pool. But the addition of food coloring or algae or mercury over time will have serious consequences. And the extent to which they have to deal with serious emotional difficulties will depend upon the drug and the chemistry of the person. What is also important to know 
that like mercury in a swimming pool, it can take serious time and relatively drastic measures to bring the pool back into chemical balance. And the damage to the pool might be more permanent, meaning things like powerful drugs, including those found internally when pornography is involved, might remain for years to come. So what we allow into the mind and body are instrumental in helping us keep a good emotional balance and avoiding the difficult task of rebalancing the pool. Now we need to talk about the external environmental influences. An outdoor pool is subject to a great deal of external influences. Often, we can do little about these influences. Over time and with some effort, we might be able to screen in the pool keeping larger particles out of the pool, and we can even cover the pool entirely, providing for greater protection. But doing these things does not preclude us from still monitoring the pool chemistry and cleansing the pool. If we think that enclosing the pool is all we have to do to keep it safe, we might still end up with a green pool. It is because we cannot entirely protect our youth from external influences. I have seen parents, leaders, and concerned adults attempt to build an enclosure so tight that none of the external influences get in. They spend all their time tightening the enclosure and trying to keep out the external issues, rather than understanding that the pool filter and the cleansing chemistry have an important place. Their concern is admirable, and their tightening of the enclosure is heartfelt. But what they are not doing is allowing for the youth to learn to use the cleansing and filtering chemistry of the atonement correctly. Meaning that eventually the youth are going to step out of the enclosure their parents and leadership built and build their own protection. But in the meantime, their filter and chemistry might not, be able, might not have the ability to fight off the external influences and may not be sufficiently developed and so they may falter for a time and the pool goes green. Youth need exposure to the external influences and they need the agency to build up their own personal fortifications. Enclosures and protections are valuable, but letting the outside air in with its algae and debris and opening the roof for some sunlight is important, meaning that youth need to be exposed to external influences in a balanced way so that when they need to go build their own enclosure they have the fortitude and formula and self-discipline to withstand those external influences. This simply means that the youth need opportunities to choose and to feel the influence of these external elements. They need appropriate agency at the appropriate time to fortify their faith and help them to develop good filtering and chemistry. So when the winds blow and the pool fills with the breeze and increased algae, they don't falter and flounder in a dirty pool. Youth need to be able to make mistakes and to learn the value of the atonement and how to access it without parents or leadership intervention. Certainly we would not allow our three-year-old to cross the busiest street in our neighborhood by himself or herself but we need to teach them how when the time is appropriate. The one thing that I have learned about the youth is that they are more ready and more resilient than you think they are, and they are far more capable. Allowing them some appropriate choices at appropriate times will go a long way to helping them develop a good emotional state and learn the necessary self-discipline 
to main healthy, maintain healthy emotions. Now, what happens when the pool filter and chemicals are lacking, meaning the youth have emotional issues that are borderline mental illness or have crossed over into a mental illness? Many times youth struggle to understand what is happening when they encounter mental illness. Youth who have a mental illness did not choose to have one. So in the sense of the pool analogy, they didn't choose the size of the emotional filter or the amount of the chemicals for their pool. They may not have a choice about the extent of their enclosure, and they, may, they might be in a place where more algae and particulates drift into the pool. They might even be in a condition where poisons are entering the process due to family issues, media consumption, relationship issues, and a host of other external pressures and difficulties. Meaning, in short, their ability to counter the internal and external in difficulties is limited. Emotionally, they will not be as capable when it comes to shocks to their system. They might be dealing with an already unbalanced chemistry, thinking that it's normal. Most youth do not consider themselves abnormal emotionally. And so, those who suffer who have not been diagnosed, may believe, as I did when I was young, that my serious emotional strength swings were just normal. One of the most valuable things we can do to help the youth is to help them understand the signs of mental illness, and then to help the youth see that what they are feeling might not fall into a normal range. Most youth will not be able to see their difficulties without help, and once we come to know the youth, those symptoms are going to become far more obvious to us. Now, this might be a somewhat delicate process of working with their parents and the youth to identify the external stresses and work with any internal pre-existing conditions to get them the help they need. What needs to happen is a true diagnosis from a medical professional or psychologist and then an introduction into emotional management techniques. Now, of course, many of these techniques can be learned from online sources, through therapy sessions, and through education. What is important is that the youth learn to manage their emotional distress from all perspectives and from the spiritual and mortal side of things. Just praying more, serving more, or reading more will do little if we are not paying attention to the mortal needs of the mind and body. The corollary to this is also true. You can't simply treat mental illness only on the physical side by chemistry management and certainly you just can't add a medication without any other mortal body changes because that's simply going to be a recipe for disaster youth need to understand that everything they do including consuming media music the foods and substances they eat the consistent sleep they obtain and the spiritual work they do all will make a difference in their emotional health our emotional health is a composite of our spiritual and mortal management of those emotions. As a practical matter, most of us are not going to be psychologists or therapists. So diagnosis for us means that we are seeing some of those symptoms noted on perhaps WebMD or the National Institute of Mental Health websites. And we are noting them in one of our youth. We then do the work to ask appropriate questions about their life and what they are feeling. We shouldn't attempt to fully diagnose the issue, but that doesn't preclude us from observing those emotional changes or distress and acting to get youth the help they need. We should avoid diagnosing youth and then prescribing remedies, although it is entirely appropriate to have a discussion about emotional health and what we can do as human beings 
and even spiritual children to be emotionally healthy. Sometimes, a simple lesson on emotional health can aid a youth in understanding their own personal issues and how they might make changes in their own lives to aid in better emotional management. The truth is, is we need to express our own emotions more often, teach about them more frequently, and allow the youth to do the same. We also need to teach more often how certain activities can improve or really destroy our mental health. Now, some of you will have noticed that I left out a significant source of emotional distress. I have done so purposely. Relationships with another mortal will almost always be one of the most poignant and problematic sources of emotional illness and emotional stability. The emotional chemistry surrounding relationships is powerful, potent, and really potentially inspiring, but at the same time it can be caustic, corroding, and deeply destructive. In almost every situation where we find serious emotional distress and even sometimes mental illness, we will find strained, troubled, and trying relationships. The natural problem with relationships is that beyond changing the way we perceive and respond to the relationship, cues, and the communications, we can do little to change the opposing side of the relationship that might be causing us the youth distress. Now, next week, we will be discussing relationships from the perspective of both emotional distress and mental illness. In addition, we will walk through the idea of trauma and how we can best help youth who have suffered through a traumatic event. May the Lord bless you this week to find those who are suffering and to help them help themselves. Until next week, do your part so that the Lord can do his.